And Rhino, he's not even an issue. I don't sweat Rhino. Are you ready? Yes, it's the Rhino. I just want the paper. I done came down so clean. I'm shining on the haters. Ain't none better than me. Paint wetter than he. 400 And out come Rhino. Rhino. I just want the paper. I done came down so clean. I'm shining on the haters. Ain't none better than me. Paint wetter than he. 400 Welcome back to another edition of the Rhino Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Dan Rhino, brought to you, as always, by our friends at ProWrestling.com. And we've got a special show for you today. Very special guest joining us in segment one, that being MMA legend, two division, simultaneously, UFC champ, only the second person in history other than Conor McGregor to do that, and the only person to actually have defended one of those two titles that they held simultaneously. Arguably the greatest heavyweight MMA fighter of all time, that being Mr. Daniel Cormier. Daniel's going to talk to us about a new venture that he's got going on with Taki, a new video app where you can request celebrity shout-out videos from a wide variety of celebrities on there. Daniel Cormier is doing 10 of these videos a month. And all the proceeds go to Wrestling Prep, which is an organization that is providing free online wrestling training classes and webinars. And 100% of those proceeds go to a good cause. So if you're interested in that, you can either download the Taki app, that's T-A-K-I, on your tablet or phone. Or you can go to Taki.app on your computer. But that's not all we're going to talk about with DC he is a huge pro wrestling fan. We're going to talk about uh, his pro wrestling fandom in general, how he got interested in the sport of pro wrestling, how the pro wrestling scene has changed from when he was growing up to what you see today. And we're even going to get into the rumors, what is fact and what is fiction about what happened late last year when Daniel Cormier was rumored to be possibly joining uh, the Fox team in a pro wrestling capacity and even uh, potentially doing a tryout with WWE. So we're going to get into uh, what really happened in that situation. So wonderful chance to sit down with Daniel Cormier this week, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, he is a multi-divisional UFC champion, holding belts at both light heavyweight and heavyweight, a two-time Olympian, UFC analyst, wrestling coach, one of the busiest guys in MMA, and he's taking the time to speak with us. It's Daniel Cormier. DC, how are you, man? How you doing, Dan? Good, man. I'm... I'm... I was very busy before quarantine. No, I got all the time in the world. <laughs> That's awesome. And we've got you for a short amount of time here, and there's a lot I'd love to discuss with you as it pertains to your MMA career. We've got to talk some pro wrestling because that's what we do on the show. But let's open up with what you've got going on with the folks over at Taki. Because if you go to the Taki app or if you go to Taki.app on your computer, you can get a personalized message from Daniel Cormier. But the proceeds are all going to a good cause, right, DC? Yeah, you know, you go to Taki.app, uh, book now, when you see my name, choose me, I will make, it's, it's $100, uh, I'll make you a video, I'll send it out to uh, 
uh, to you on the Taki app. It's yours forever. And all the proceeds go to Wrestling Prep. It's an organization that um, allows kids uh, chances to learn wrestling. There's camps all around the country. And also right now during quarantine, they're doing online tutoring sessions, online virtual wrestling classes. The other day they had over 1,100 kids on their virtual class uh, just to, to learn uh, in the classroom and on the wrestling mat. And the other, and, and when it's not quarantine and when life is normal, wrestling prep provides um, SAT tutoring classes, uh, SAT prep classes, ACT prep classes, tutoring, wrestling. It's, it's, it's just a top flight organization. And to be able to team up with Taki to help the wrestling community has been really good for me. And, and you know, these Taki videos, some people look at things like, oh, I'll just do it, you know, whatever. But I've, I've had some that have really touched me um, during this time. I, I've had, I had one guy told me, you know, DC, I'm afraid, you know, we're going into this quarantine and I know that me not being able to train and do all the things that I've become used to is, is, is it's a scary place for me because I've lost 75 pounds. I was over 300 pounds. I'm down to 250 pounds and I'm just trying to stay motivated. Help me DC, send me something that can motivate me on those days where I'm going to look to turn to food when I can't get in the gym. So I try to give him as good a message that daily he can get up and hear me go, let's go, come on, we can get it done. Get up off the couch, let's go to work, you know, and I've had wake me up in the morning. I've had uh, to gyms and, and, and businesses and people and fans and friends. It's just been amazing. And it's been amazing to connect with people in that way. Uh, and, and also the fact that people are still giving in this time. You know, you it, it, it's hard to part ways with 100 bucks right now, especially during quarantine. A lot of people are out of work. But people are doing it because people think about the greater good. And the greater good is trying to help and provide for kids I want to do so much good in such a difficult time. We're talking with UFC legend Daniel Cormier about his cool partnership with Taki and Wrestling Prep. And DC, you kind of alluded to it a, a second ago, but some of the videos you've already done can actually be seen online at Taki mm -hmm. app. Uh, mm -hmm. what, is, uh, what is one of the uh, most fun video or, or shout outs that you've uh, had a chance to do so far? You know, I had one where I did for a guy from my hometown of Lafayette, Louisiana, you know, and, uh, he, he just said he's my biggest fan and it was his fiance telling me, uh, uh, to send him a message. And I was able to kind of just shoot, just talk to him as though I was talking to someone just that I would see back home. I haven't lived in Louisiana for, you know, 23 years now. I left when I was 18. And, uh, so to just, anytime I communicate with the people down home, it's uh, it's it's amazing because they just are so different. I also had one where uh, uh, a dude's fiance was telling me to make these jokes about him. I didn't understand the joke, so I wasn't necessarily <laughs> sure that I wanted to do it. But uh, he, uh, you know, it's just it, 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 they're they're fun, they're good. But I think the ones that stick with me the most are the ones like the guy. You know, I I, I had one for a guy recently that had to close his restaurant. You know, because he can't sit people. And I was trying to tell him that, remember how you got started, you know? Things were probably not as good before, but you 
open your own restaurant, right? You work so hard that you're able to cook, to build something that you probably envisioned, uh, envisioned on many a nights. So just, just put your head down and go back to work, close your eyes and start to envision the next day. So it's the motivational ones that really stick with me. Uh, DC, I want to circle back to your promotion with Taki and Wrestling Prep, but for a second, if you don't mind, what can you tell us about the status of the trilogy fight between you and Stipe Miocic? It kind of seemed like a no-brainer. It seemed inevitable, mm -hmm. but there's no confirmed date. There's no contract, and uh, you were just talking with Ariel Hawani the other day about that fact. Unless there's some news you want to break here on the Rhino Wrestling Review, what's the status of the trilogy fight with Stipe? You know, we're still in the same place, you know, like just waiting for, for the champ to decide, you know, that he's ready to fight. So, uh, I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, I think the UFC right now is a time where, in a time where um, they're making fights that they can't. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult uh, to, to, to schedule fights right now, especially um, during this pandemic and, 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 we're just kind of waiting. You know, when Stipe gives the green light, we'll be ready to start training and get ready to go. Um, but it's all in the champ's, it's in the, the ball's in the champ's court, you know. It's not mine now. He's the champ. Are you planning on that being your last fight, win or lose? Yes. 100%. Yes, this will be the last one I do. Yeah, yeah, it's time. You know, you got to you gotta be ready to uh, move forward, you know. And, and I could have moved forward after Derek Lewis fight, but, I felt like I owed Stipe that rematch. He gave me that title fight back in 2018 when he didn't really have to. Mm -hmm. You know, I hadn't fought at heavyweight for years. And uh, we came up with this super fight idea, and, and he was all for it. So I felt like I owed him that rematch with the idea that I was going to win. But uh, he won. And now it makes for what is the most exciting trilogy in heavyweight history. And I'm excited about it. No doubt. Uh, DC, well, you know we talk pro wrestling on this show, and I know you're mm -hmm. a huge fan. So uh, yes. how did that love of pro wrestling get started? Was it you You and I are about the same age. Was it when you were mm -hmm. a kid? Did you get into yep. it during the Attitude Era? What was the, what's kind of the pro wrestling origin story of Daniel Cormier? I mean, a kid. Mid-South Wrestling, man, down in Lafayette, mm -hmm. Louisiana, at yep. the Blackham Coliseum. The junkyard dog passed through the territory, and Kamala, and the Von Erickson. All those guys kind of passed through the, uh, they would pass through the, the uh, through Louisiana, and we'd go watch them in the little auditorium, and we'd sit on folding chairs, and uh, we'd watch these guys be larger than life fighting, and I, be you know, I believed every second of it as a six, seven year old kid, and uh, I, j I just, I fell in love with it back then. So then I started doing it myself in my backyard on mattresses, mm -hmm. and then. As the, as the sport kept growing and growing and growing, I just kept falling more in love with it, you know, to, to watch um, the guys from back in the day, the, the Vaders and the Sting and, you know, even Lex Luger back when he was in WCW and Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen, the, the greatest faction in the, the history of the sport. You know, those are the, those are the, uh, the things that, that just stuck with me. I just remember being at my grandmother's house in Lafayette and uh, I'd be in her room watching the WCW show. And one time I watched the match between Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He walked out with his wife and his kid. And he fought Ric Flair. And I mean, the horsemen cheated. And they cheated. And they cheated. And I hated the horsemen. I hated the horsemen. But now I understand I was supposed to hate the horsemen. So it was just those guys did such a great job that they controlled my emotion. 
And I mean, I remember watching that and just thinking, man, it had everything. And I just, I, I loved it ever since. And I'm like everybody else. Nothing was ever better than the attitude there. I mean, my, my house shut down on Mondays. The entire house was shut down on Mondays. When I was in college, it would be time for me to drive back to Oklahoma. And I would wait until Monday Night Raw was over and drive through the night so that I didn't miss it. It just, it con- it controlled it controlled every part of my life at that point. That's amazing. Uh, joined on the Rhino Wrestling Review and ProWrestling.com by MMA legend Daniel Cormier. Daniel is currently offering personalized videos on the Taki app and online at Taki.app, where 100% of the proceeds benefit Wrestling Prep, which is offering free online wrestling training events and webinars during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I've got to ask you about some rumors that came out last year regarding you possibly joining the WWE commentary team. Uh, when SmackDown moved to Fox, there was uh, some pundits out there that were claiming that Fox had specifically requested that you be a part of the commentary team for the new launch. Uh, you even came out and said that there were plans for you to have a commentary tryout. Uh, I think maybe the training of the Derek Lewis fight might have uh, thrown those plans off a little bit or the timing of that. Yep. Uh, so mm-hmm. what is truth? What is fiction? And how far along did the process actually get, if there even was one? You know, I was I was gonna go in and, and do a tryout. You know, call some matches down in Orlando, and then I got the fight with Derek Lewis. And then um, once I fought, I had back surgery. So then it shifted, right? It was gonna be uh, maybe I do WWE backstage, the show that was gonna be. Is it weekly still, or is it like once a month? Uh, it's still weekly, yeah. Yeah, it was like WWE backstage. Maybe I could go do that to where I, I would just fly down to L.A. every week. But the the talks got pretty good, you know. And, and honestly, the, the commentary talks were with the WWE, and the WWE backstage stuff was more with Fox. Right. Right, because the show is – that's Fox's show. Right. It's not the WWE show. It's so the, the, the WWE backstage show was more with Fox and the WWE – and then the commentary was more just directly with the WWE, but I never went down and did it. I never rescheduled it. Even one, there was one time they had a pay-per-view in San Jose. And if I could have got to the arena early enough, I would have called some practice matches even in there to see if it was even a fit, you know, but mm-hmm. I was flying back in from something and I didn't get home until three in the afternoon and I, I needed to be there by noon. It just didn't work, you know, and, it's sad, you know, that it hasn't worked out to this point, but you know, it's still a chance still a chance out there. It's still an option and and if uh if I ever get that opportunity I would be just honored. But right now I think the WWE is in a different place. You know, they're gonna keep the people that are uh they're gonna keep the people that are vital to their organization right now. And then when everything is over with this pandemic and whenever the world kinda goes back to normal, maybe they'll start revisiting uh, some of those other things. Uh, a couple more questions for you before we uh, let you go here, DC. I wanted to ask you kind of about the evolution of pro wrestling. You said you've been a fan since you were a kid, and what, the product that we see today is a lot different than what we grew up with. Uh, yes. In the past, you've kind of had some back and forths on social media, kind of alluding to the fact that maybe the uh, the new uh, the Cirque du Soleil style of pro wrestling isn't really your cup of tea. Uh, what do you think? current pro wrestling is missing is it a lack of selling is it a lack of telling a story in the ring what do you think you know what's you know what it's just that okay so i think the 
the flipping, right? Mm-hmm. I love Seth Rollins. I love Seth Rollins. Like, I, I but I think there's a time and a place for those high impact things, and if you do them too much, you become immune to them, right? There's not that wow factor to it anymore. That's why those guys that do the 360 or the 450. There's a guy in the WWE that was like a 450 uh, front flip, and then the guy was a U.S. champion just recently. He's awesome. The guy, he's unbelievable. He's in a tag team now. What's the guy's name? Or no, Ricochet. Ricochet. Yep. Right? Ricochet. Yep. Ricochet has this insane move off the top rope to finish the matches, right? You know that one? Yep. But he doesn't do it every single week on Raw. Right. He does it on pay-per-views and stuff. That's what I mean. Like, when you whip that thing out for, like, the big, big moments... That's all I mean in terms of all the flipping, and then, but then the one, the one, the one video that I was coming on—I don't know if you remember it. But I it was like, remember it. <laughs> I mean, that was just—that was way too much. I mean, you gotta admit that. I mean, there is no—I don't know how many people in the world can can truly say that that was what you think of when you think of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when wrestling has long said we're entertainment, but we're a sport. You know, you want you want to take take it serious. You don't do stuff like that. Like, that's just, you know, that's just the truth. You know, we understand the choreography that comes with wrestling, but um, you still got to still kind of, like, keep, give, them, give it that illusion of being a fight. You know, people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think I think there's a place for it. When you watch a fight, a match from start to finish, they still tell a great story. It's just weird, though. Like, right now, it seems like, it's harder to watch a full match opposed to the way it was back in the day. There were just so many levels to those matches back then. I mean, even the managers played such a vital part in the match back in 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 the, the early '90s and and you know the '80s. Mm-hmm. Just like there were just like certain things that kept you really like locked in. You know, when it started to get a little slow, Mister Perfect might grab Macho Man by the bottom of his foot when he's about to finish Ric Flair, and then all of a sudden you're back in. It's like, ah, it's like the whole story. And I just think that it's, it's, the product is still good. I just think that the guys are so talented now. They're so much more talented now that they don't need all those things to tell the story. And I, I would still welcome more managers and more of that outside uh, stuff. Uh, he's Daniel Cormier. And right now you can book a personalized message for yourself, your friend, your coach. Uh, if you're planning on quitting your job, he'll cut a promo on your boss. Uh, he'll break Absolutely. up. He'll break up with your boyfriend for you. Uh, you can book this on Taki.app <laughs> on your computer or by visiting the Taki app on your phone or tablet. And Daniel, tell us one more time where all the proceeds are going. It's going to wrestling prep. Wrestling prep. Uh, like I said, organization that's really helping children right now, and I think that you know. I can't even state how valuable that is in such a different time um, in our world. So um, go book that video. I only do 10 a month. I do 10 a month. The proceeds go to wrestling prep. So hop on it quick because they go fast. Awesome. DC, thanks so much for the time. I hope we can do it again soon and uh, stay safe. Okay, buddy. Thank you. There you have it. Big thanks to DC Daniel Cormier for joining the show. One of the biggest guests we've ever had in the history of the Rhino Wrestling Review here on ProWrestling.com. Make sure to download the Taki app. That's T-A-K-I on your tablet or phone or go to Taki.app. If you go to Taki.app, you can even see some of the videos that Daniel has done so far. And if you're interested in requesting a video from Daniel, remember that 100% of the proceeds 
Benefit Wrestling Prep. This is an organization that is really helping out these young wrestlers, especially during the quarantine that we're going through now with this coronavirus pandemic. That is anything that celebrities can do to use their goodwill and use their fame in order to help organizations like this. I think it's a great cause, and I think it's one that we could all uh, take advantage of and have some fun with along the way. So thanks to DC. But we are not done yet, boys and girls. We've still got one segment left. I'm going to be joined by my compatriots, Will Lewis and Jason Calcibetto. We're going to talk a little bit of news and notes in the world of pro wrestling because there is some news that came out this week on various topics. But then the majority of segment two, we are going to get into the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that is coming up this Sunday on the WWE Network. We're going to talk about climbing the corporate ladder and break down the card from top to bottom, so do not go anywhere. Final segment here on the Rhino Wrestling Review, brought to you by our friends at ProWrestling.com. In segment one, we were joined by an MMA legend, one of the greatest fighters of all time. So it makes sense that in segment two, we'd be joined by two of the podcasters of all time, Will Lewis hey. and Jason Calcibetto. What's up? We're here to bring down the show. The world. Yeah. You got those Cheeto fingers? Sorry, I had, che- I had Cheeto fingers. It took me a second to, to get the drop in. But how's it going, guys? We're good. How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez oh. here on Wrestling Observer Live. I noticed as Brian soon, Alvarez, as, as, soon as, I said, as soon as I said, how's it going, guys? I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds like our boy. <laughs> you guys leave him alone. <laughs> leave Brittany alone. <laughs> He's a staple on the show now. Yeah. Well, we are we are recording here via social distancing and via technology and via the internets. But hopefully on Sunday, since 
the the uh, they're opening everything back up, guys. It's over. We did it. The pandemic's over. Woo! Virus is dead. It's Woo! gone. Woo! A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> we did it. We did it. You know, guys. technically, technically, where we live isn't open till the 18th. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to be breaking the law, breaking whoa. the law. That's not true. Uh, it's a, a gathering of less than 10 people. We're fine. So we're going to well, I, invi- I invited like nine of my best friends, though. Ah, uh, shit. Mm-hmm. Is that who you've been dicking around on your phone with all this time? <laughs> well, I would text you, but you stopped texting me back these days, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy, man. There's, there's yeah. a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot going on during this pandemic. So, some of us have work to do. I say that I in I say that in <laughs> jest because I'm getting paid to do nothing, and you guys are working like sixty hours a week. Uh, it's I awful. see you haven't been hitting the gym at all, judging by the arms I'm looking at. <laughs> Nothing else to do. You got that Dean Ambrose body. Yeah. Hold on, I got Cheeto. Oh. Hey, Cheeto yeah. there. Sorry about that. Well, Money in the Bank's coming up this Sunday, fellas. It is the first pay-per-view since the uh, weird WrestleMania that we had last month. Weird but successful WrestleMania that we had last month at the Performance Center with the giant fan that didn't seem to do anything other than dissipate the smoke. But <laughs> Money in the Bank is going to come to us from WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. And it is going to be another odd but creative setup. Before we get into that, when you guys think of Money in the Bank, what what comes to mind as far as either matches or cash-ins when you think about Money in the Bank? Well, uh, obviously, Baron Corbin cashing in was always number one. Yes. Uh, I mean, we might get he might be a two time money in the bank winner if Don't we we'll get put that in I mean that's what Dan wants. So <laughs> Is that what you want? Give it, give it to me. Give me what I want. That's not what I want, actually. <laughs> Uh, you, guys, you guys were in the house in St. Louis when Baron Corbin uh, scaled the yeah. ladder to glory and yeah. grabbed that briefcase, and then he successfully cashed it in to become world champion. Yeah, it's $100 in three hours of our lives. We'll never true. get back. One of those things happened. Uh, yeah, he unsuccessfully cashed in. He's one of the few in history. I think Damian Sandow, I think John Cena unsccessfully cashed in. Because he had to be the goody two-shoes and let the person know a week ahead of time that he was cashing in. But most of the most of the time, there's a pretty high success rate for these Money in the Bank cash-ins. And we're going to talk about the competitors in the match and talk about how we kind of rank them in believability for, for winning this match. And who we could see as a logical person to carry that briefcase with them for the men and the women on both sides. But when I think of Money in the Bank, you know, I do think of somebody else who let their opponent know ahead of time that they were going to cash in. And that was RVD when he was Mr. Money in the Bank. And he let John Cena know that he was going to cash in on him at one night stand in the Hammerstein Ballroom. And I just remember that 
that oh, atmosphere yeah. just being so awesome. Yeah. You know, if Cena wins, we riot signs in the crowd. And RVD eventually uh, defeating John Cena that night to win the money in the bank. Uh, Will, what about you? When you think about either matches or cash-ins, what comes to mind? Um, so matches don't really stand out to me too much, but uh, cash-ins for sure. Um, the first one ever, Edge cashing in the money in the bank yep. contract at uh, what New Year's Revolution, I think, or whatever it was. Oh, that's a deep cut. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was the first ever cash-in. He was the one who kind of set himself apart from the rest of the uh, the company. He's mm-hmm. he made the briefcase what it is, and then uh, Seth Rollins cashing in at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's probably the yeah. either that one or the Dolph Ziggler cash in the night after WrestleMania, right. when the crowd just lost their freaking mind. And Dolph Ziggler was a heel at the time, and we had AJ, yeah. AJ Lee and Biggie Langston with him as <laughs> as his heavy. But that was like one of the biggest pops that I, I wasn't there, but it was one of the biggest pops I had, I've ever heard in professional wrestling when, when Dolph's music hit and he came out and then he eventually cashed in and won the title and then unfortunately got hurt shortly thereafter and uh, got a lot of confidence lost in him by the uh, the big boss. Against all this beef. I always liked uh, Brock, I think that was last year or two years ago too, with all the Brock doing the dancing and all that stuff. Stop it. Get some help. You need to listen to my friend oh, Michael stop Jordan. It. Stop it. That, that, you know that's going to happen again this year, right? Because yeah. we had Seth Rollins win at WrestleMania last year, and then Vince wasn't happy with how the ratings and how the product was being received. So said, put it back on Brock. Brock's in the money in the bank now. Hey. Brock's home at his farm. There's no COVID in sight for him. Good for him. Yeah. But I, I you know, before WrestleMania, I was kind of worried that the same thing was going to happen with Drew McIntyre, that, you know, he was going to get this big win, and then, you know, the ratings were going to start to tank, and then Brock will come back and win the money in the bank and cash in on Drew, and then we'll build Drew up again to win it, to win it back from him. You know, because if it worked once and it worked out amazingly, why not do it again? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not either. But like I said, that'd be cool. If, go ahead. Sorry, if Brock was like the final, the final ladder, like when you get to the top, he's just standing there doing his Brock shuffle, like Donkey Kong, like when you get, yeah, like at the, yeah, rolling like barrels at, at people, like flaming <laughs> barrels down at people. That'd be fucking <laughs> okay. awesome. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be, be like, incredible. <laughs> Will's in. Sign me up. We God si- damn it. We signed. We got. We got Will on. We got Will on board. As long as Brock Lesnar's throwing barrels and everybody's wearing Mario mustaches, and then they can, you know, get up on like one of those little half ladders, and they just like yep. jump over the barrel, and then you rescue the princess. Now, if somebody grabs you know, a hammer, it's all over. Mm-hmm. But so. you know, Otis ain't jumping over no barrels, so he's out instantly. Yeah, well, well, Otis ain't gonna be able to climb like two staircases. Oh. Where's the elevator, I bet? <laughs> he probably will take that elevator. Oh, oh yeah, I found an elevator. Oh, yeah. Going to take it to the top. Oh, yeah. It's... I know you'd laugh because you love I'd it. I'd laugh. Because you like <laughs> that garbage. You know what I'm going to be doing? Boo. Right there. That's what I'm going to be doing. But Money in the Bank, you uh, get that briefcase and you have 365 days to cash it in. 
And uh, let, we're going to go through the matches and talk about what else is on the card. And then when we get to Money in the Bank, we'll talk about some of the competitors in there. Uh, before we do that, though, let's get into some news and notes uh, okay. in the world of pro wrestling. I want to drop on you real quick. We're just going to do some, do some quick hits on these real quick. I, I noticed that Edge and Orton are going to be competing on Raw this Monday. Jason, I thought that they ended this <laughs> in that like 45-minute match at WrestleMania. Why are they yeah. wrestling again on Monday? Because uh, we got seven hours of TV to fill with no crowd. There's no time. So this feud is going to continue? It's a, uh, it's a WrestleMania rematch. Oh, I hate those. They yeah, they're usually awful. But, yeah, but, but I just, well, maybe, well, maybe you can help me with this. I, I don't understand why we had this big lead up to WrestleMania and then like the big culminating moment at the end of that match that took them all over the Performance Center. It goes, you know, thirty six, honestly, like thirty six minutes, and Edge finally slays Randy Orton, and then now we're just gonna have a another match. And they said on Twitter that. Ed, the the rated R superstar is hunting Randy Orton. Why is he hunting him? You already uh-huh. murdered you murdered that man on the top of a tractor trailer last month, and now you're hunting him again. Well, I don't see get it. now, what you, what you miss though, Dan, is that behind the scenes footage um, is that Edge kind of left his boots hanging out mm, in the back. We know what Randy does when he sees <laughs> boots laying around. Yep. So Dan, you know. Someone fuck my boots. I'd be, I'd be hunting them down too. Well, I guess that makes sense. Uh, Jason, as of right now, there is WWE does not have a pay per view scheduled for June. Do you mm-hmm. think that that is going to stay that way, or do you think we're going to see a, a pay per view card in June? Uh, I kind of hope it stays that way because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm assuming they're just you just they just expected the eight week build up to SummerSlam. Which would be great under normal circumstances, but uh, I'm not sure eight weeks of buildup for anything right now is great on WWE TV. I, I kind of feel exactly the same way. I would love to not have a pay-per-view in June and just to kind of take a step back. You know, I really wish that the company kind of took a step back. I know they wanted to, to stay on the ball and be one of the few games in town right now since all the professional sports are on hiatus. But, I mean, how good would that have been for the whole company to just take, like, a few weeks off? I saw something on Reddit, too, that somebody was arguing if they showed, like, classic Attitude Era Raws on Monday night, they would probably draw a better rating than the current Raws are drawing (laughs) right now. And I don't disagree, honestly. But the fact that they they may not have a pay-per-view next month, I don't know. I think that's... In, on one hand, I, I think it's kind of a good thing, like you said. But on the other hand, do you really want to see WWE spinning their wheels for for eight weeks leading up to to SummerSlam? Because they've already proven that they can't do the empty arena concept very well, or at least as well as AEW is doing. Now, now, Dan, I don't know if you knew this about you know WWE, but. They're really, really good at coming up with creative storylines to, you know, carry them through the majority of a year or like a that's couple months true. or whatever. Oh, that's oh, that, wait, that's just in. Hold on. Yeah. 
They're awful at creating storylines, interesting storylines to carry us through months of television, let alone like an extended amount of time between pay-per-views. Well, I told like, you guys that before we started recording that this is the worst era of WWE since the days of the Goon and Duke the Dumpster Drozzy and uh, Isaac don't Yankum. <laughs> Doink was pretty great. I mean, if you yeah. Think about it. I mean, what what if I were to tell you he would come out with like a pail, like a like a bucket? I like it. And mm-hmm. he would like go to like dump it on people. Oh no, they'd on, get all wet. It was confetti. <laughs> <laughs> classic god damn pal not here in the world wrestling federation and certainly not on monday night raw wait a minute now what a maneuver that was back in the days when vince was calling the action too great great stuff good shit pal (laughs) uh what else we got here uh kind of uh what jason was talking about that you know, we're going to have, if we don't have a pay-per-view, we're going to have a, possibly an eight-week build-up to uh, uh, SummerSlam. If they do that, don't they have to put on better cards for Raw and SmackDown? Maybe kind of follow the NXT format, what they're doing, because the NXT show that they put on, uh, as we're recording this, it took place last night. And for those of you who haven't seen it, I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but... And I'm speaking specifically to Will Lewis because I don't think he's seen it. Ah. But I, I think that NXT has been doing a really good job of creating these takeover-like shows on Wednesday nights and actually promoting them like a couple weeks in advance. Like we knew Charlotte and EO was coming two weeks ago. Uh, we knew that Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole was coming two weeks ago. Yeah. And they're and gives they're you, they're, they're building up to, to something. To. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I I think that they're trying to make NXT a, a sh, you know something to like you said something to look forward to and like a monumental shows where Raw and SmackDown are just kind of you know the same crap every week. You know, it's just you know we mix up. Oh, we had these guys going one on one next last time. Well, let's have their tag team partners go one on one. Or let's have Baron Corbin team up with Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode to take on three guys. They like it, it's just it's just every week it's just like they have a formula. It's like filling out a Mad Libs, and they just need like a noun here, an adjective here, an adverb here, and then they just plug it in and say, "Well, goddamn, we got a show. Let's put it out there. Nobody's watching anyway." But I think if they're gonna ha- not have a pay per view in June or maybe even July for that matter. They gotta. They show's got to get better, guys. I mean, agree or disagree? Uh, definitely. I mean, AEW is is or not AEW. NXT is doing a good job, but but they have to go up against AEW on a weekly basis. Yeah. So I mean, even this week alone, like AEW still beat NXT in the ratings by a hundred over a hundred thousand viewers. So. Raw has nothing to go up against. SmackDown has nothing to go up against. But those two shows now are impossible to watch. Like, like they're just not good. They're, there's nothing nothing worth tuning into. I think this past week on Monday Night Raw, there was a gauntlet, gauntlet match. That was kind of interesting. But SmackDown is just the worst. It is literally... No, 
SmackDown is so bad. And I just stopped. Hey, hey. I stopped oh, oh. Like, I can't, Are I you can't ready? On Fridays anymore. Are you ready for the same shit? Dan out. That we gave to you last week. Dan out. Daniel Bryan's running. Yeah, he is. Away from shitty booking. <laughs> it's 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 awful. It's it really is bad. And when you, let me ask you this hypothetical: if you put NXT on Monday nights and you put Raw on Wednesday, would Raw beat AEW in the ratings? Yes. Yeah, I think so. so Raw is still drawing more than AEW and NXT combined. So, what is Raw drawing though? Like, would they get? They, I know they had like their worst rating ever. Yeah. Last week, like one point eight million. million or something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's on a, a night that has been established as a wrestling night for two and a half decades. If all of a sudden you moved that subpar programming to Wednesday night, oh, subpar and being nice, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to trying to be a hard scrambled egg journalist here. You move that to Wednesday nights, that number definitely goes down. Does definitely. it? Does it? Does it drop below a million? Does it right at I mean, a million? I can see it dropping below a million because well, right, people if, are going to want to watch AEW more than they're going to want to watch three shitty hours of Raw. Well, if you do, if it drops below a million, you're getting really close to AEW numbers. What's yeah. AEW doing? Uh, are they still doing like in the seven hundred thousands, or have they dropped yeah. down? Yeah. This week they did seven seven thirty two. And NXT is in the five hundred, six hundreds. They got up in the six hundreds this time. Okay. I, I don't know, man. I honestly think that if you either moved AEW to Monday night or if you moved Raw to Wednesday night, it would be a lot more competitive than, than people think. Um, and then they could just move SmackDown to just not exist. Yeah, just send it to Purgatory or right. Hades where it belongs. Uh, last uh, news and note here before we get into the Money in the Bank card. Uh, AEW, this is something that Will made me aware of. They got fined $10,000 by the Maryland Athletic Commission this week <laughs> for the John Moxley-Kenny Omega uh, match that took place at full gear. Uh, but that match was unsanctioned, Jason. So I don't know how you could find AEW for a couple of guys having like a, a fight like... You know, if a couple guys got into a fight in a parking lot, would you find the, the companies that they work for? I don't understand. I don't understand. Unsanctioned. I don't, under, I don't understand either. Apparently, the gentleman that runs the that athletic commission is kind of a douche mm. from what some of the Twitter world was saying. Well, the, so. the Maryland Athletic Commission has – there's been stories about this for a long time. I think there was a, a match – uh, back in the WCW days, I want to say, God, I, I'm probably off here. I want to say it was like Luger and Flair, and Luger got cut the hard way. And there's supposed to be like a no blood policy in in Maryland or in, in Baltimore. I'm I'm not sure which one it is. It's probably probably in Maryland as a whole. And they they ended up stopping the match. They the the athletic commission ended up going into the the ring like on a pay per view and stopping the match be, because of oh, blood. Sure. 
and I, I really don't see how in 2020 we still have state athletic commissions that are regulating professional wrestling. I mean, does the state athletic commissions regulate, you know, the uh, ballet when it comes to town? Do they regulate? Uh, and maybe they do. Or maybe do they regulate like uh, Broadway shows when they come to town? I, you know, Shakespeare in the Park. I don't understand, you know, why the state athletic commission is regulating professional wrestling when, you know, and that was one of the whole things that that Vince you know, went on uh, this whole plan of attack back in the 90s about how, you know, we're entertainment, and that a part of that was to get to the point where some state athletic commissions weren't regulating them, and they didn't have to pay all these extra taxes and go through, like, the physicals and things like that, because it's not Major League Baseball, it's not NBA, it's not NHL. Is it time to, to change that? It's 2020, isn't it past time? To, to change the fact that athletic commissions are regulating professional wrestling? Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been, <laughs> I mean, it's it's been a long time even since we had a good, like, local promotion here in Missouri. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and even uh, when Glory Pro started and even Anarchy, which is, you know, over, they're all over in Illinois, right, right. across the river. Right. Yep. And there was a big reason for that. And I don't know, you know, the details of that. I would love to get a big KLD on the show or something mm-hmm. to explain it because that would be fascinating to me. But it's, you know, it took them years just to get in. I think they're in Afton now. And it's uh, over here, you know, and it's they were talking about how big of a deal that was because of the Missouri Athletic mm-hmm. Commission being so, you know, such a stickler. And, and I just don't understand it. Jason, you know. Jason, you and I did a watch along that we haven't posted yet, but it was from a, a TNA show in 2010, where apparently Sean Waltman was was supposed to appear, but he couldn't get cleared by the Missouri Athletic Commission. You know, <laughs> wh- whether it was a physical or a drug test or whatever, we we uh, still don't know to this day. I don't believe, but the fact that that's still a thing in 2020, when yeah. the curtain has been pulled back on professional wrestling to the, the extent that it has. It's just it my it's mind boggling to me. Uh, let's get into the card, boys. We've got a fatal four way for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The newly crowned, newly regained, uh, newly regained of the titles, the New Day, Biggie and Kofi Kingston. Is that about the ninth reign? It's like thirty-seven, thirty-eight, yeah. I think. Uh, are taking on Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, hey, ho, hey. ho, ho. Also taking on two members of the Lucha House Party, Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. That's and the, the only two members. And, and Will, they're also taking on uh, your boys, the Forgotten Sons. Uh, who? Who? The Forgotten yeah. Sons. I know who those are. I know who they are. Uh, what That's are their names? your favorite wrestlers, Gunner. Uh, <laughs> Gunner, uh, not Buddy Murphy, but... Uh-huh. Uh, the close. other three. Yeah, you're Wait. close. Uh, Blake Murphy. Blake. <laughs> Blake. Yes, Blake Murphy. Uh, Blake Gunner. Blake Murphy. Gunner. And you're, then the you're, other you're doing. You're doing way better than I would have done if I had to name yeah. all all three of those guys. Uh, it is uh, apparently Steve Steve Cutler, the guy. Who? That, he Who? was he was the uh, quarterback for the Chicago Bears for a while. Pretty good. From from Santa Claus, Indiana. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, married to Kristen Cavallari, but they're getting divorced right now. I saw that on TMZ. I saw that on TMZ the other the other day. No, that's Steve Cutler. That's the same guy. This guy. Mm-hmm. Same guy that's like friends with the Young Bucks. That like Jay Cutler. Yeah, Steve Cutler. Yeah. Uh, so those are two different names. Adam. Okay. Well. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Sorry, man, I got man, Cheeto fingers. You got Cheeto fingers. Hold on, hold on, let me... <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Better, better now. It's weird, because I don't even see a bag of Cheetos around. Because I hate them all. They're all over, uh, it's all over my fingers. Uh, apparently, <laughs> the Forgotten Sons are Steve Cutler, Jackson Riker, and Wesley Blake. So, two of those guys. Uh, Jason, what's your favorite Forgotten Sons match? Uh, yeah. The last one. <laughs> the last one they had. Well, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> Weren't they in the, one of the War Games things? Or was that a different match? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> the no, they were, they, they were in a tag, uh, they were in a le- tag team ladder match, I think, for uh, the belts at NXT TakeOver a while ago. That's the only match I can remember. And you, I don't even think they right. Again, your answer is so far away from being a real answer but yet it's it's about 70 percent better than i can do <laughs> because i can name more gunner matches in tna than i can name forgotten sun matches in oh, no. in nxt that's not good for any of us that's not good but yeah no that's not going to be good for anybody so a fatal four-way match for the tag team championships it should be kind of crazy at least and entertaining i would think who comes out with the belts uh miz and morrison hey hey oh oh turtleneck tough guys well what do you think um i'm gonna go with uh the new day just because it makes more sense to just keep the belts on them uh by the way um the uh the Forgotten Sons had a match back in October 23rd of 2019 at an NXT TakeOver. Uh, it was... Wait, that wasn't NXT TakeOver. Never mind, guys. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. This is Brian's a, here to save the show. This is a Brian Alvarez quality show right here. <laughs> Right. I don't know why they would put the belts on the New Day just to take them back off of them. It seems kind of stupid. However, it seems kind of WWE. So I'll go with uh, I'll go with Miz and Morrison. I'll go. They did the uh, belt switcheroo for no reason. And any Miz chance and... they throw it on the Forgotten Sons to try to make a name for them, since it doesn't mean anything anyway. Don't touch anybody. Good. <laughs> no, don't like that. Uh, the reason they're on every week now. They're, they're, there's a reason they are the Forgotten Sons because everybody forgot about them because they I know don't, you guys because nobody cares. You guys stopped watching SmackDown here, but they are on SmackDown every week. Dude, I try, I try, <laughs> I try so hard. Hey, Danny, Danny. I try. It's just it's awful. It's not good. It's not. It's it's not watchable. It's not consumable. It's they're Smackdown not. Smackdown is. They're not trying. Smackdown is definitely worse than Raw. I'll give you that. Smackdown's the worst wrestling show on TV, and I've caught some Ring of Honor lately. So 
that's saying hey, a we, lot. We all were drinking whiskey watching the best of Matt Taven. Oh, God. At like It was at like <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning on a, <laughs> on a Saturday night, I think. And one of you were, was out... Uh, was out doing something and you came home uh which one of you was out that night and then you, you came home late and you're like i'm drunk for ring of honors on. i'm gonna watch it <laughs> it could I, it could have been either one of us yeah honestly. i was like <laughs> i was like fuck it i'll watch it too what else am i gonna do and then we switched to the uh, impact twitch for like a half oh, hour god yeah and then jeff hardy cut like half a promo and then they just like <laughs> cut cut it off and went to something di- different i'm like who is what ADHD person is controlling the the twi- Twitch stream that forty people are watching, and three of them were and three of them were us? We're like, man, we got big numbers in St. Louis. Right <laughs> Roughly nine percent was the was the Rhino Wrestling Review. Uh, so uh, I'm going with Miz and Morrison. Jason's going with Miz and Morrison. Will's going with the New Day. Uh, Drew McIntyre defending his newly won WWE Championship against Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, wait, I got you. Boo. I got you, man. Save your voice. Thank okay. you. That was for Drew McIntyre, by the way. So Seth Rollins loses at WrestleMania to Kevin Owens, and then gets rewarded with the title shot. Randy Orton burns down a man's house and gets rewarded for it. Kind of reminds you of something else, doesn't it? You know, you do you do bad in WWE and you fail upwards. It's kind of like the education system. Yeah, but definitely. So not much of a build to this. Seth Rollins just kind of came out on Raw one time and beat up Drew, and he's next. So any chance, Jason, any chance they take the belt off of Drew McIntyre here? Nope. Can't it? Can't right? There's there. That they had, you know, like a, uh, they they built him up before the Royal Rumble. They put him over big at the Royal Rumble. They built him up huge to WrestleMania. They put him over at WrestleMania. They've been giving him lots of time on screen. Yeah, he's one of the MVPs of Raw. One of like four. There's like no four that matter. There's no reason to go to to Seth Rollins here. No. But but will I'm I, will I'm guessing you're in agreement there. Drew's probably going to go over on Sunday. No, Uh-oh. I am not in agreement. Uh oh. No, he doesn't. Oh. I think there's gonna. I, I I don't think so. It's weird. It's so hard to to predict this match because honestly, if you put it back on Seth right now, I would I'd be all for it because I don't like Drew McIntyre and I think Seth right now is doing some of his best work as the as the Monday Night Messiah, but. I think it's uh, Drew. Yeah, he'll probably go over, but I mean, it'll be a disqualification win. I think. Yeah, I was kind of wondering how they could have Seth lose two big matches in a row and still protect him, but there probably will be shenanigans by his entourage, and we'll probably end up in a in a disqualification, which means they're probably going to keep going with this, don't you think? Unless who who else is there? Um, Mojo <laughs> Raleigh. Oh, Mojo Raleigh. I mean, that's just one, like off the top of my head. 
I mean, that's your big issue. I mean, because there, there's honestly, if you look at that WWE Raw roster right now, I, I can't think of of someone else right now that I would throw into a feud with Drew McIntyre. And so like if I told said, you. Oh no. No. no! 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 God damn it, no! Jason! No! God, please, no! 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 As soon as Jason started saying, "What if I told you?" I immediately got a, like a sharp pain in my stomach. <laughs> uh, the modern day Maharaja is back. That you know what, and that is exactly what who his next opponent's going to be. That's exactly who yeah. it's going to be. And, gonna it, win the briefcase. and that's going to be awful. He's not even in the match. <laughs> <laughs> Neither Brock Lesnar wasn't in the match last year. Yeah. Don't put it in the universe, guys. 2020 is already bad enough. So we've got COVID-19, we've got murder hornets, and, we, and we're going to have... We have a murder hawk we every have a, Wednesday. We have a murder hawk, and we're going to have Jinder Mahal as world champion in 2020. Australia was on fire. It's almost yeah. as bad as uh, that year that like Jinder Mahal was champion and the Cubs won the World Series. Good it worked. It was an awful God, it was awful. Yeah. It's worse than twenty twenty. So uh Drew McIntyre gonna walk out as champion, but maybe some shenanigans there. Uh another, another Any chance man- uh oh, go like ahead. Murphy. What about Murphy turning on Seth? He um, kinda like was talking some shit Monday. I don't know if you guys caught it because I probably was be the only one who watched all the raw. I thought but, it was. Uh, well you watched the Hulu version, so That's true. <laughs> I also watched the. By the way, I watched the Hulu NXT and it was perfect. It's an hour long. All the big stuff. It was just what I needed. They trim, well, trim the fat. Ah. Now the question is: is is do we get? We always get a cash. Sometimes we always get a cash in on on Money in the Bank, which I hate. I absolutely hate that they do that. the The whole point of the Money in the Bank is to kind of use it. It's not. I I honestly don't think that the money in the bank benefits the person who wins it as much, the actual act of them winning the title, as it is them carrying that money in the bank briefcase. I think I think you have to win it at the end, or it's just gonna it's gonna come off at, like a, as a disaster, like the Baron Corbin and the the Damian Sandow ones were. But the Sandow one where he turned it into like a like a leather briefcase and that was that that gave him something that made him feel like he was like a main event player until john cena squashed him and then you know (laughs) it it uh squashed him all the way to tna for a little while liberace but i think i i think that the carrying of the briefcase and like the teasing of the cash-ins i think that is more important uh, a more important aspect of money in the bank than the actual cashing in is so I absolutely hate when they cash in that night, and so we'll talk about who we think is going to win those, and talk about could there possibly be a cash in that night. But that is a uh, that's an excellent point that you brought up, Will, and I hate you for it. Yeah, because I hate that. And something else that I'm going to hate is Bailey defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Tamina. This will be the match where uh, we're going to have the fire pit going outside. I will. Uh, put throw some new wood on the fire. Maybe go grab me a new beer. Grab, grab, maybe make some <laughs> drinks. Uh, maybe mess around on my phone for a little while. 
you know, go in and go inside and, you know, just kind of hang out, warm up a little bit, because it's probably going to be a chilly <laughs> night. Uh, we're out on the Rhino patio here at the Palatial Rhino Estates on Sunday night. But Tamina wins this title opportunity by defeating Sasha Banks. Sasha's already a little upset with Bailey for putting her in that situation, but Tamina defeats Sasha Banks, gets this title opportunity against Bailey. Two ladies that have that really have no momentum behind them right now are going to be squaring off on Sunday, and I just don't see any way that this could be good. What do you guys think? Well, Tamina, the Tamina push is real, guys. The Tamina push is real. Tamina uh, has been eliminated. Yep. This honestly, this could be probably the worst. One, th- this might win the award for our worst match of the year when we go do the awards at the end. Because <laughs> Tamina has no. What if I told you Braun Strowman was fighting Bray Wyatt on this card? <laughs> there could be multiple matches for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, what Tamina has no. It's just like Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins is getting a championship match, and he lost his match at WrestleMania. Tamina was the first person eliminated in that women's match at WrestleMania. And it now took she like gets five of them, Will. It took like five of them to do it. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. That keeps her strong. Yeah. And I have been driving the Tamina bandwagon for years, and you guys yeah. just refuse to hop on. Wait till you see her perform on Sunday. I'm gonna crash that damn bandwagon into a off, roll off the side of a cliff. I, I yes. don't I don't get it. I don't get the fascination with Tamina. She's not good in the ring. She's she's not compelling. She's not good on the mic. I don't get it, and I don't get why she's facing Bailey. Yeah, I mean, you guys know Bailey has been champion for 209 days. Do we? How many of those <laughs> days did you care about that title reign? Nine. That's not bad. Okay, where were these? Where were those nine days at? He like was right drunk. when she turned heel and cut her hair, <laughs> and then and she man, killed the wacky tube man. Yeah, that That's about seven that days more than I cared. I put myself at two, roughly one percent of her title run. <laughs> I, well, I, I'm at zero. So. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of Sorry. A, well, you guys, you guys loved Bailey when she was in NXT. Yeah, yeah, she was like the Road Warriors. In yeah, NXT. she was. She was great. All these people were great in NXT. The Ascension Even was great Tamina. in NXT. Tamina, I don't think she was ever in NXT. <laughs> uh, now I, I don't know. This is just obviously to get to the next feud, which will what? be whoever. You know, the next feud's obviously Banks and Bailey, right? Gotta be. It's gotta. You know, be. we've said that a hundred times, but this time we're so. gonna be right. <laughs> It's got to happen eventually. Right? Maybe. Maybe. Why wouldn't it happen at WrestleMania? The slowest burn I've ever seen. Uh, I don't know. The MJF turn on Cody burn was... was, They did that one one really well, though. That was a good slow burn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is good. It keeps you guessing. That's all you can ask. Wait, this is good? No. I mean... I wouldn't say good, but I could, you know, they're just keeping you waiting. (laughs) Another contender for worst match of the night, Braun Strowman uh, defending his newly won Universal title after he squashed Goldberg at WrestleMania, taking on Bray Wyatt. 
And from everything I'm reading online, everybody is saying that it's not going to be Braun Strowman against The Fiend. It's going to be Braun Strowman against Bray Wyatt. Jason, what do you uh, what do you know about that? Do you have any inside information from your buddy no, uh, Uncle I, Dave? I just assumed uh, Bray's going to come out in his sweater and do his waves and fool around with Braun, and Braun's going to be like, "Let's get these hands." Uh oh. Now uh, you're, now you shit. got me excited. And then he's gonna, you know, throw Bray outside, and the Strowman Express is gonna run around the ring. Oh my god! To do all your good stuff. And then, and then he's gonna hit Bray. Bray's gonna roll under the ring, and the Fiend rolls back out. Woo! I'm, I'm in, man. <laughs> I'm that in. sounds fucking that terrible. Sounds... <laughs> <laughs> Everything Braun does is terrible. That's true. And 80% of Bray Wyatt's matches are terrible. That's that's pretty true. If he can't, a lot of truth he, in this segment. If he can't wrestle Daniel Bryan, he can't have a good match. Okay, that match was good. What? The strap-on match that they have. Strap-on match? Yeah. <laughs> that's the wrong money you pay. <laughs> yeah, that strap on match is great, guys. He, he, he uh he downloaded money shot in the bank. <laughs> money in the sperm so, bank. Uh, so my my question is my question is that what what are the chances of Bray Wyatt winning? I've 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 been seeing a lot of people thinking that that maybe this is the way that they course correct the whole Goldberg thing. You know, they put the belt at Goldberg at Super Showdown, Saudi Showdown, whatever it was called. Blood money. Blood money. And then this would be the way to get the belt back on Bray. But, man, why? Like, why? I mean, I know why they why they put it on Braun, because Roman Reigns couldn't come to the show. But... I don't know why they picked Braun. I don't know why. I, it seems like the 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 opportunity for Braun to have a meaningful title run, the last chance they could have done that was probably about 18 months ago. I'm thinking about a year and a half ago was the last chance that I could kind of see, well, you know what, maybe this is the time Braun will get the belt and maybe he's got a shot. Now it's too late. I think they've already ruined any chance that Braun had of getting over as a champion, as a legitimate title holder and the build to this has been weak it, it, it just Bray Wyatt showed up one day and said remember when you left me now you're gonna pay and he then left we, in that the mask in the corner that was kind of cool you know on a, a sit down Strowman interview stop it get some help <laughs> he read him a story yeah that for a, for a show you guys don't watch, you're shitting all over everything. <laughs> that, it's all bad. It's that good. And I think the when when Bray came out and him and Braun were on the mic, I guess it was the night after WrestleMania, that was some of just the, the worst <laughs> promo horse shit that I've seen in a long time. It was it was basically them just saying uh, catchphrases at each other. <laughs> you're gonna let me in. I'm gonna let you in, and you're gonna get these hands. 
I go, God, this is this is awful. And all of a sudden, the gun cocks, and you're like, Nope. Yep. And and neither one of, and neither one of these guys can can carry a match. Neither one of these guys are ring generals in there that can lead somebody. They they both are in sore need of somebody to to lead them. And if they can be led, and I know this is going to be a pop, uh, unpopular opinion with the internet wrestling community that that loves Bray Wyatt's in-ring work for some reason that I do not understand, because Bray Wyatt, sixty-seven uh, percent of the time, he is my worst match of the year winner. <laughs> it happened with uh, Seth Rollins last year. It happened, I guess, uh, two years ago at WrestleMania with the spiders and the worms and stuff with Randy Orton. I. I don't understand the fascination with Bray Wyatt's in-ring work, and I think his in-ring work has even gone down a notch since he became the Fiend because he doesn't sell anything. And part of part of being having a good match and part of you know is feeding a comeback and and, and selling and you know telling a story and him just kicking out of finishers isn't a story to me. Now, I'm pretty sure that someone on this show has said, don't kick out of each other's finishers. I know! That guy's a genius. Yeah. Woo! Just saying. So, I, I'm not looking forward to this match at all. I'm going to try to see if I can give it a chance. <laughs> but I just don't see any way possible this could be good. And I don't know how this does anything for anybody. If Braun Strowman wins, and I guess if he beats Bray Wyatt, that's that kind of protects the fiends still. Yeah. But if if Bray wins, then that buries Strowman. I really don't see a, a good outcome coming out of this on, from either side. I guess I'll just go if it if it's Bray Wyatt and not the Fiend, I'll just go Braun Strowman to retain, and maybe that sets up the Fiend later on down the line, which. I don't really care about either. What do you guys think? Uh, is there a chance they do any kind of cinematic thing again? Like, obviously, it's got to be, you know, something different than they did at WrestleMania. But I could see, you know, Strowman rocking around the Firefly Funhouse. Or, God, that even sounded awful. That hurt my feelings to even say that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I just can't imagine them just having, you know, a one-on-one wrestling Mac classic, mm-hmm. you know. I, got, I didn't um, even I think, think of that. I didn't think of that. They do have the opportunity to do something, you know, uh, cinematically. The WWE has had a lot of success with lately, particularly uh, with the Boneyard match and then the Firefly Funhouse match. So that is a possibility. Yeah, but I don't want them to like just burn that out real quick. I feel like like exactly. that you do it back to back. Like so, I guess it kind of makes sense because. If the Fiend like has those matches a lot, or Bray Wyatt has those matches a lot, if it's just him specifically, but eventually you want to see them actually like fight in a ring and actually have a match. Um, but honestly, I think so. It, it could go one or two ways. If it's Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman wins. If it's the Fiend, the Fiend wins. The fact you mentioned those cinematic matches, I think. They they did really well at WrestleMania, but the one that I thought they kind of dropped the ball on was the the Gargano Champa one. That was to me it was a little bit of a letdown, and it wasn't as and I think that was part of the reason why it wasn't as successful. 
it wasn't as over the top. It wasn't as uh, off the wall. It wasn't as eccentric and fun as like the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. It was just like a pre-taped fight with guys punching and kicking each other with no crowd. And it really just kind of, you know, that that classic feud between Gargano and Champa to me, kind of ended with a whimper instead of a bang because of how it was presented. And I think that if WWE gets too reliant, to Will, to your point, if they get too reliant on those cinematic type of matches, then they could potentially start seeing a downgrade in the quality of them. But I think if you do that, you got to keep it fun. you got to keep it, like I said, eccentric. you got to keep it a little out there and a little, you know, kind of unbelievable. And I think that's why we enjoyed those two matches at WrestleMania so much and why the Gargano Champa one just kind of was a was meh for me, if meh. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys uh, want to say I, about the uh, Universal title match? Yeah, I just want uh, I think, just to throw something out against Bray Wyatt, I think... He is one of those that loses his gimmick, loses luster without fans mm-hmm. in the arena, without the huge entrance That's and the lights point. and the people, the people being scared. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just think he's one of the ones where, yeah, he, if he has a belt, that's one thing. But him popping up on SmackDown every week in front of the at the performance center is really kind of a poor use of the mm-hmm. gimmick. So, yeah. I mean, even if for some, some reason he does win, I mean, they need to make it to where he, I don't want to say a Lesnar schedule until there's fans back, but maybe just, you know, video packages or, you know, Firefly Funhouse, quick, quick things. And he kind of he, he was doing that for like before, before he beat Seth, he was yes. on very sporadically. Yeah. And I think less is more with the, with with Bray Wyatt, but specifically with The Fiend. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's a good point. Good point. You're having a big show. Look at you. Uh, let's get into our Money in the Bank co-main events here. Money, 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 money. Now, is it true that both of these matches are going to be taking place at the same time? Yep. That's... I told you this pay- this pay-per-view is going to be like two hours and 20 <laughs> minutes. So like, we... this, is, this is obviously going to go about an hour. It's got to on this card. So we've got. I'm guessing the reason they they're doing that is because once one of the groups tears up all the crap in the in Titan Towers, there's not going to be any. Not, they don't want the other group fighting in what already looks like you know a Mad Max <laughs> scenario, like a like somebody set a grenade off in that place. I guess having them both going at the same time is makes sense from that point of view, but. Will, this is going to be really hard to follow, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, is it going to be like two two rings up at the up on the top of the roof or something, no, or it, what? It looks like just both briefcases are hanging in the same ring. If you look at the video package, I would grab oh, the women. I, like that. I would grab the woman's briefcase, like James Ellsworth like, did. I was going to say, like James Ellsworth <laughs> is just hanging out up there. Yep. I was like, and I'm challenging Bailey. She's like, what? <laughs> can't do that. Or like, nope, you coming AJ for you. Styles versus Bailey. Coming for you, Bailey. By the way, I would watch that. That'd be awesome. AJ Styles versus Bailey. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it would be great. AJ Styles could have a good match with anybody. He also has longer hair. Guys, this is going to be a shit show, isn't it? Nah, it's going to be awesome. So, is this is this thing going to be... Have they? You think they've already taped this? 
Yes. Yeah, definitely. And so that could make it a little bit easier to follow if they've already taped it, and then they could kind of piece it together to where we can we can follow. They could do a really good job of editing it and and following. Because they certainly didn't do that with Edge and Orton. A fucking forty-two minutes of just breathing on each other and laying around. Okay, that match was fine. They could have cut ten minutes out of it. And it would have they, saved. Yeah, they could have. That's a hot. That's a little bit of a hot take. Hot take by uh, Will. That come on, that match was fine. Now I enjoyed the match. A, it just needed to a be a couple of Hall of Famers shouldn't be having a. A fine match at WrestleMania. Well, you don't like two sweaty dudes, uh, like holding each other for forty-five minutes and ah! breathing on each other. Okay. Listen, yeah, there it is. if anybody likes that, it's this guy. But 20, 20. I, but it just it it was just like you said when you said it was fine. That is probably the best uh, representation of what that match was. And yeah. it should it shouldn't yeah. have been that way. It shouldn't have been with like Edge's big comeback match. And two guys that have a lot of chemistry and two guys that have a lot of story and two guys that they gave a lot of time to should have been better than than fine. Well, see, now I'm worried that it's going to like that this that's going to happen to these these money in the bank matches. Like if they're like this goes on for more than an hour, I'm going to lose interest really quick. Like Edge and Edge and Orton ran into that like time crunch where mm-hmm. you're sitting there at minute 44 and you're like, God damn, this has been a long match. But if these matches go longer than an hour, ugh, it's just going to drag on. Well, let, let, think, Go ahead, Jason. No, I just said I think this is either going to be a convoluted clusterfuck or this is going to be insane and awesome. I think there's going to be no middle ground. I just think it's either going to be, you know, 12 people fighting in the conference room, you know, going at it, or it's going to be, you know... I'm intrigued though, which I think is a we, good thing. I love we that. Better get a best champion. Write write down convoluted clusterfuck as a t-shirt idea. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. A little bit of alliteration in there. I like it. Convoluted clusterfuck. I want them fighting all the way into Vince's office, and I want him in the office. Like, oh, no, no, damn it! Get out! Of, get out of here! He's gotta! He's gotta puke! He's gotta! Help! They're like Vince. This was your idea. It's your idea to fight here. <laughs> um, you could have like Drake Maverick in there begging for his job back, like <laughs> in the office when you open the door. <laughs> Wait a minute now. That would be funny. That would be, that funny. would be funny. And or just Brock, like Brock sitting in there smoking a cigar, like hey. Mm-hmm. What's going on? <laughs> like, you know. I think that wins again. I think there's there's poss- there's there's a possibility of this being really entertaining because kind of like what you guys are talking about, they can open up these doors and see like, you know, some, you know, hacksaw Jim Duggan in there like like sanding down his 2 by 4 or something. You know, <laughs> just like random like WWE legends and stuff just could be like like do you live here? Like no, and then close the door and keep fighting. You know, I think it. I think it could be entertaining, or it could be a convoluted cluster fuck. So, the concept of it, though, climbing the corporate ladder. I got to give WWE credit for 
thinking outside the box, for getting creative with this. It could be awful or it could be awesome, but I like the idea of them starting at the ground floor, fighting their way up to the roof, and then there's a ring up there with the two briefcases suspended over it. And then you ha- and then on top of that, you have to climb a ladder to get that. I think it sounds interesting, and I give them credit for uh, taking the initiative to, to try something new because of the circumstances that we have here. What do you guys think of the concept of climbing the corporate ladder? Do you think it's just too off the wall? Or do you think it has the potential to be something pretty cool? Um, it has the potential to be entertaining. Um, I, I kind of the only thing I don't really like is that they're deviating from what the money in the bank actually is. Like, why do you need to add stipulations to the money in the bank match? Like, you already have like one of the most physically like grueling, you know like hard-hitting matches that we've come to know over the course of the last like 10 years. Um, but now you have, now you add this other stipulation to it that they have to literally fight. I mean, how many floors is in the, in the WWE offices? Uh, four or five, I think. That's more than that, no, isn't it? No, it's just tiny building. Got to be more than that. <laughs> no, it's definitely more than that. It's like four. You're, you're thinking, you're thinking of the impact offices in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. But you got to fight up like like let's say like 10, 12 floors no, to get it's to like the... three floors tops. Hey, Tucky Tucky, I found the emergency elevator. Hey, Tucky. Get to the roof and then yeah. and then you then you still got to climb a ladder to get to the the money in the bank contract. Like that's a lot to go through. Like that nobody has ever had to go through in a money in the bank ladder match. To get that contract. Not here in the World Wrestling Federation, and certainly not on Monday Night Raw. That's why like it's think, different, Will. You think that maybe they would have added something to the contract, like because this is such a special match, instead of just having that normal contract. I don't know what they would have added to it, but like. You can cash in for like the AEW title. Sure. You know. Like show up but, with the briefcase like, on Dynamite. Because if I was like AJ Styles and they were like, hey, this year in the Money in the Bank match, you got to climb 12 floors, go wrestle up on the roof, then climb a ladder. And might you might fall off the roof. You might not. You might die. I'd be like, well, they didn't have to do that the year before. I don't know. It's just AJ, weird. AJ was just buried alive. I don't know if falling off the roof would matter. Dude, a whole he's, lot. he's immortal. So he'll he be is. fine. Uh, let's talk about who's in these matches. Uh, let's talk about from the men's side. We've got Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, King Corbin, Otis, and the aforementioned AJ Styles. They had a gauntlet match to determine that final spot, and AJ rose from the depths of the six-foot grave that he was buried in just a month ago, and he is not <laughs> only back to life, but he went, is a su- surprise entrant in the gauntlet match wins the gauntlet match, and a lot of people have him as the potential favorite to win this Money in the Bank match on Sunday night. First of all, I want to get your opinion on AJ coming back. To me, it was way too soon. It seems like a like a panic, break glass in case of emergency. We needed to have somebody else in there to kind of pump up the pay-per-view a little bit. I would have loved to have seen AJ off TV for several months, but what do you guys think? Uh, I, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, I I also agree that I think it was just, they needed a little star power mm-hmm. in the, this match particularly. Um, Sorry, I got King Corbin, Jason. I mean, you got King Corbin, you got Otis. Mojo Rawley. Got, yeah, no, he wasn't available. Mojo Rawley. <laughs> <laughs> but I think outside of, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan, that's your, that's your main star. And then they're, you're kind of just going up and down the roster, and it's like, you know, you could have picked one of the seven people that Zelina Vega, you know, fights every week. Yep. But, I mean, that's about it. Unless you go with, like, uh, Adam Cole or something like that to, you know, say, here's your chance, kid. Mm-hmm. You know. But, no, I thought it was a little soon myself. I think there, you know, there just isn't a ton of options, it seems like. Yeah. Like, you know, I hate to say it like that but i do wish it would have been a little bit later like even just a, you know another month or so will but, your boy uh, the undertaker buried aj styles committed murder last month but apparently true. he will not be charged with that because aj styles is alive what do you think about aj coming back so soon after the boat well, i mean you can't charge the dead man so you know because he he lives in death valley yeah. parts can't, unknown can't give him a life sentence if he's dead He's already dead. Um, I, I think it's too early. I thought it was too early for AJ Styles to come back. Um, I think he should have stayed dead for a little while longer. But but then I also think too is that who else would they have put in this match and make it to make it interesting? Mojo now you put Raleigh. AJ Styles. Oh, Mojo Rawley. He was. Uh, Jason said he wasn't available. Okay, dude. Don't uh, ask. Don't ask questions if you don't want to hear the answer. Uh, but. You use AJ Styles in this match, and immediately he becomes the front runner to win the Money in the Bank contract. Um, it increases the star power in an otherwise lackluster Money in the Bank um, lineup. Now, did I tell and you King Corbin was in there? I might not have said him. You did. Go ahead. Oh, uh, anyone else? Uh, King Corbin. King Corbin. Yep. Otis. Otis. Yeah. There you go. Oh, how much more star power you want? I mean, if you were to throw maybe like... Oh, I want The Rock to come back. I want Stone Cold Steve Austin. It can't it can't come back. Well, we got all these stars here. We got plenty. We got Rock and Stone Cold level stars in this match already. Ooh. I thought Otis... Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? I thought Otis was supposed to be the Shawn Michaels. That's what, that's what some idiot said on Twitter. But, uh... Poor Tucky, by the way. Tucky, like, Tucky. No title shot for you, Tucky, Tucky. Thrown to the side. Poor guy. Maybe they could go after the tag belts if he wins the briefcase. That would be the I dumbest thing. I don't like that. <laughs> in the history guys, of wrestling. Why do you guys hate oh. me so much? Because <laughs> you say stupid shit. You said convoluted clusterfuck, which got you lots of points earlier. And now you lost all of them. <laughs> so, of those six competitors, okay. who could you legitimately see walking out with the briefcase? Of those six, Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, King Corbin, Otis, and AJ Styles. Who could you... Give me your top three. Because I know you're going to say, I could see all of them. I could see Otis with the title. <laughs> see Otis that, must, the, <laughs> that must have been me. I could see. O- I could see Otis as the face of the company. 
By the way, oh, yeah. there is there is a one hundred percent chance that Otis either uh, somebody gets thrown through a vending machine and Otis <laughs> grabs a bunch of food out and starts chowing down, or they go through the cafeteria at Titan Towers and Otis like like starts eating pizza and starts powering up. That is a one hundred percent chance that that is happening on Sunday. One hundred. You son of a bitch! I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I hope so. One hundred percent. God damn. Is that what you want? Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me what I want. That's what I want. Be the most entertaining thing ever. Dude, everything. All our ideas that we come up with on on here are better than what they actually do. That's true. You know they listen to the program. They're like, oh, no, we can't do that. It's too crazy. And now they're yeah. thinking, we could throw some, we could get, like, sugar glass on, like, a vending machine and throw somebody <laughs> through it. King Corbin goes through it, and then Otis grabs out some hot fries or something and starts powering up. And then dumps dumps them on Otis, or dumps them on King Corbin. You know, they like, you know, food-based humor, like dog food and, you know, See, hams would, and stuff like that. That's all hilarious. I was going to say, I would have, uh, like... Otis get tired walking up the stairs and have like Mandy be on the level above with a ham, and like then he just powers it up and runs up the stairs <laughs> like like a ham on a string, and she's like wheel, <laughs> wheels it up. Oh, yeah, no, that's damn it. That's that's happening too. That's one hundred percent happening. I'm in. Great. Uh, Will give Five me your stars. Stop it. Will, give me your top three that you can see walking out with the Money in the Bank briefcase on Sunday on the men's side. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, number three for me is going to be Daniel O'Brien. Um, I think he hasn't had a like a babyface title run in a, in a decent amount of time because he had that really, oh, wow. really good heel mm-hmm. title run. Um, plus, it would give... Um, I mean, it would give. I mean, if if the Fiend wins uh, the Universal Championship, then it gives you know someone chase the Fiend, which could be Daniel Bryan. There's already a storyline there from you know past SmackDowns and and, and whatnot. Um, my number two is going to be AJ Styles, just because he is the front runner, obviously, to win the Money in the Bank contract. I am so um, so scared about what you're going to say for number one. I'm so scared. But, I know what he's got. Is going to be Alistair Black. Okay, I'm okay with that. Yes, um, they've been building Alistair Black for a while now. Um, they gave him a lot of time to wrestle on that Raw that was right after WrestleMania, um, and he had a classic match with Titus. Not Titus. Um, I was like, no one's ever had a classic match. <laughs> Apollo, <laughs> classic match Apollo, Apollo Cruz. Cruz. Yep. Um, and, and that was great. Um, Alistair Black has a character. He's fantastic in the ring. He's someone that if you give that money in the bank contract, he's a threat. Um, and I think that's what you need mm-hmm. is you need someone who hold like having that briefcase makes them even more dangerous now than they were before. Mm-hmm. Now they don't so, like putting the the briefcase on baby faces. They have done it before. We talked about John Cena earlier. They have done it before. Uh, I think CM Punk was babyface when maybe both times that he won the, the Money in the Bank briefcase. But the majority of the time they like putting them on heels. But, man, if, if it's compelling, I don't know why you can't put why you can't give that briefcase to a babyface. I don't know why it has to feel like 
you know, oh, cashing in money in the bank is like you do it when taking advantage of somebody, so it's got to be a heel. No, it doesn't. It, it could just well, be something to, to, you know, pop crowd or, you know, uh, give in, give intrigue to somebody. With Alistair Black, though, I would say he's more of a uh, an anti-hero. In mm-hmm. He's an in-betweener. So that could be really good for him because, I mean, honestly, I could see him coming down at any given time over the course of the next couple couple months and, and like whoever has the title at that given point is getting up off the mat and he hits one black mass and boom he's your he's your champion or what if like, he what if he cashes in what if he is a baby because he is you know if you had to skew him you would say he's a baby face right now but what yeah. if his cash in is what turns him heel you know it could be that yep so that could be interesting too uh jason what about your top three on the men's side so I don't have Alistair Black in my top three, and I want to explain why. Simply, it's because I actually like Alistair Black, and everything sounds interesting. I just don't think he needs it. I think he almost looks like a dork walking around with this green briefcase. Yeah, it would, you know, uh, like it would be especially very with his entrance. Place, yeah, yeah, with his entrance, and he's gonna <laughs> he hold comes, it up. He comes out of the coffin or whatever, and he's got the yeah, briefcase on his chest. <laughs> I don't. I think but it he can make it look like a demon. <laughs> yeah. We got our briefcase in the car. <laughs> I'm going to carry this briefcase everywhere. And it will uh, never be equal. You done there? I'm done. No. Sorry. No, no. no. <laughs> and I just, I just think, I just don't think he needs it, first off. And I think he's probably been one of the best handled call-ups in recent memory. Is he... They really have done the slow build thing with him, and I, I kind of enjoy it. They, like uh, Will brought up the Apollo match was in, like a 30-minute really good match for both guys, I think. You know, you saw what Apollo could do. and Yep. But, both, uh, both guys look good. Uh, I'm going to go, I mean, it's pretty close, but uh, Daniel Bryan for me is number three also. I think it's a very safe pick, as you would say. You know, I mean, anything you have Daniel Bryan do is going to get over automatically. So I think if you're going to go with Daniel Bryan, that's great. Um, two, I got Ray, Ray Mysterio. And I think it's more so if Braun... I know. I think it's more so if Braun Strowman... <laughs> Just hear me out, Dan. Uh, I'm, I'm listening. I think it's more so if Braun Strowman keeps the title. And then you go with Little Ray versus Giant Braun. It just seems like WWE booking to me. Mm-hmm. It just seems like there's a visual for the middle of the ring. And, you know, Ray's looking for a last run, probably, or a last ride. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, to me, that just it just screams something WWE would do. Like, they want to, you know, go against David versus Goliath, blah, blah, you know. Now, and I know that's kind of the outside-the-box thing, but I, I just can see it. I can picture it right now in the middle of the ring with, you know, Ray up to Strowman's dick. Essentially staring up at him, you know, and Vince is like, God, this is great. Look at it, you know, and uh, but and then I, I think obviously the safe choice is uh, AJ Styles. I mean, I, if they want to go easy, he came back for a reason. So, I mean, I, I just I can just see him toting around with the money in the bank and, you know, talking shit the whole time. And that's that's probably what we continue because it's status quo for now. So my thing with with AJ, to me, he kind of seems like the favorite to win it. The 
one thing that would kind of put me off of that idea is the fact that Gallows and Anderson aren't around anymore. And I think that having AJ having that briefcase with having Gallows and Anderson behind him, I, I didn't. I wanted. I was going to say the OC, but we don't have to say that anymore. That's not yeah. a thing anymore. They gone. Um, with without Gallows and Anderson behind him, I think that I don't know. It just takes some of the uh, power out uh, away from AJ as far as you know being able to cash in at any time without having the two heavies behind him. But if I had to pick three, uh, I'm pretty close to you guys, but I'm going to have one in there that neither one of you said, and it really pains Corbin, me. we know. King I'm, Corbin. It is Corbin. Corbin is my number three, <laughs> and here's why. Now, remember, this is not who I want to win. This is who I think has the best chance of winning. I know. They have, and I've told you guys this you know, off air, they... Put him over strong in NXT. They had him doing the five-count pins instead of the three-count pins. Nobody cared. They had him win the Andre Battle uh, Royal at WrestleMania. Nobody cared. They had him win the Money in the Bank briefcase. Nobody cared. They didn't put the title on him because nobody was, it, it wasn't working. They made him Constable Corbin and made him the GM and put him in the main event picture on their flagship show and even put him in fuse with Roman Reigns on big cards. It I didn't, care. It, 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 you, you care about Roman Reigns. You didn't care about Constable Corbin. Wrestling I thought that's a, when Corbin was at his best. God, that's, that's not, that is not saying much. And that I is, thought he did a really good job as a heel for a lot of that. And then, uh, I know. That's not true. That's... <laughs> And then, I know you, you always bring up the go away heat and, instead of just yeah. Getting that's exactly what it is. It's the it's the X Pac heat, or some people are saying now the Xbox heat. It's the X Pac heat. It's the go away heat. It's the Jeff Jarrett heat. I and was gonna then, say when did X Pac get go away heat? I thought he was always like no, no. He had go he had go away heat. Look it up. Look up X Pac heat on your on your Twitter device, the phone you're digging around on right now. And then they they make him the king. They have him win King of the Ring. Nobody still cares. So I think they've put all this effort into it. They see something that I don't. I think there's a really good chance that he could win that Money in the Bank briefcase and they could finally put that title on him and give him a go. I think that's a horrible idea. I don't know how many times you have to be seen, have to be shown that what he's doing and how you've the different ways you've tried to present him doesn't is not connecting with the audience it's not connecting with the universe it's not connecting with the fans it's not connecting as a character he's fine in the ring he's not a he's not bad in the ring you know he he can sell he can sell pretty well he can uh, do some athletic things but he doesn't have a good look. He doesn't have good promo skills. His promo skills seem like they've kind of reached the the heights that they're going to reach. I don't think that those are have any way of improving anymore. You saw that they kind of threw Corbin under the bus when they had that whole, uh, you know, we're going to give the fans what they want. I don't know. I'm sorry that we had a, you know, a crappy GM and a constable there for a while. I was like, weren't you the ones that put him in that situation? 
But I think I think there's a really strong uh, possibility that Baron Corbin could win on Sunday. Uh, man, I I I don't think there's a chance Otis can win, but the more I think about it, the more I could see them possibly doing that. Just, Amazing. Just because so many people are enthralled with him as like the the lovable everyman, you know, that got the hot it's like, oh, if he got a hot girl, then I could get a hot girl. No, you can't, nerd. <laughs> Jesus. You can't. Yeah. It's fake. Damn, calm down. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> and you know, he the fact that he is going to that he could potentially walk out with that briefcase and you know put the caterpillar on somebody and pin them for the world title is so absurd <laughs> that it could possibly happen. And then uh, my other one would be uh, AJ Styles just because the uh, it they I don't think they would have brought him back unless they had big plans for him. So I know he's the preeminent favorite, you know, probably if we were doing Vegas odds. And uh, that's not a real, like, hot take by me by saying that he's my number one. But I just think, why, why bring him back from the dead if he's not going to win? Uh, let's talk about the ladies' side, and then we'll uh, wrap things up here. We've got Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Carmella. Jason, give me your top three for these ladies. Uh, I think I got... Asuka at number three, because I think she's always in the... She's definitely the top three Raw MVP right now. Mm-hmm. So I think she's always in... She's been one of the few uh, bright, empty arena spots for WWE, I think. No doubt. No doubt. Um, but I think she's obviously in the conversation. I think they're not done with Shayna Baszler. I'd go with her number two. Uh, and unfortunately... I don't like where you're going with this. I know. I don't either, Will. I don't like this either. Unfortunately, I think Nia Jax wins the briefcase. And she's not like most girls. No. Don't like that. I don't either. I don't either, guys. I'm sorry. Is Nia Jax going to be able to make it up to the, uh, the roof and then also climb a ladder? I mean, yeah, there's a emergency elevator. We already discussed this. Gonna need a <laughs> she, and, she and Otis gonna take up the emergency elevator. At the same time? <laughs> Hopefully, like, uh, probably gonna have to take the freight elevator if it's two of them. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Will, what I, do you I think? Just, I just have a bad feeling, guys. Yeah, I got a bad, a bad. I got a bad feeling about like 67 percent of your picks there. To be fair, you know, like you brought up, Otis and the Fiend would be a phenomenal feud. Could you imagine the mind games? Oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> Dan, Dan chooses the loaded gun for that one. Yep. <laughs> That's not what I want! We'll give you a top three. So I'm going to go... Uh, I'll go with Nia Jax at number three. Just because... Uh, it's But the WWE has some fixation on her. And I don't she's related to The Rock. Uh, yeah, that's exactly I, what it is. You got to keep the rock happy, so it'll come back and glad hand for you and pop a rating. 
But she's not she's not an interesting character. She's not a good wrestler. She's not a good talker. You still haven't said it yet. She's not like most girls. <laughs> there you get a boy. Uh, but Woo! but I could see them putting because uh, she's a heel, mm-hmm. and I could see them giving her the briefcase. Um, kind of like you said with Aleister Black, she's already dangerous, and it makes her more dangerous. Yeah. Now she's dangerous because she hurts people. Legitimately, yeah. or she gets hurts her hurt hurts herself and has yeah. to have double knee surgery, uh, and then I'm pretty sure she almost blew out one of her knees on one of these past raws. So um, I just don't I don't know if the WWE is gonna go ahead and put the briefcase on her because I don't think they trust her ability to not get hurt or to hurt other people mm-hmm. as of right now. Um, number two and number one for me could go either way. Um, so number two, I'm going to go ahead and say Shayna Baszler because she already lost. Oh. Yep, yep, <laughs> don't like it. She already lost to Becky Lynch. Yeah. So, like, I see putting the briefcase on her could make her very, very dangerous uh, because she's a very sneaky heel and she likes, like, get people that that clutch but i mean i i don't know i don't think the wwe is very high on her right now considering they had her lose pretty cleanly in her first match um and my number one match an awful match my number one is gonna be oscar um oscar hasn't had uh the title in in a decent amount of time um She's also been the go-to workhorse for the women's roster on Raw since the empty arena show started. Um, I think she's she's developed her character like a ton over the course of the past two months, um, and I think that it could set up a really good feud between her and Becky Lynch, of which she will eventually win that feud, and I think she, it'd be. She could. She is someone who, could, if she has that briefcase, she's extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, just because she has so many different ways that she can attack you. I like it. I uh, I'm, my my list is going to be uh, very similar to yours. I'm gonna mix it up just a little bit. I think that I'm gonna put a little. I'm gonna put a little surprise. I'm gonna put Lacey Evans at number three. You got Dana Brooke at one, don't you? I do not. I. Dana Brooke has they. She seems like she's. They're putting a little bit more behind her now, but I don't. I. I don't think that there's any way that they could ever see her as like a, you know, like a front runner for for the division. Carmel has already been there, done that. It wasn't, you know, it kind of was what it was. Uh, I don't really think that. I think Nia Jax is going to be in that situation where it's. It's like the Tamina situation at WrestleMania, where it's going to take a lot of them to take her out, and then that's that's how she's going to get eliminated. Not, not, you know, actually eliminated, but that's how she's going to get taken out of commission in this match. So I'm going to put Lacey Evans at three. I think that, you know, babyface Lacey Evans has been working. I think that, you know, her her in-ring work is not great, but it's not bad either. And I think that when the when the crowds come back, you know, there's going to be a lot of you know patriotism 
you know, uh, kind of going around, kind of like after 9-11 when crowds started getting together again. And I think that, you know, having like an all-American girl, you know, carrying that briefcase could be, you know, something that could work. I think uh, my number two is going to be Asuka uh, for the same reasons that you guys said. The fact that she has been one of the few bright spots with the empty arena WWE shows lately. I think that I kind of wrote her off a little while ago, uh, maybe like a year and a half ago, before she uh, started tagging with Kyrie Sane and kind of put some uh, shine on those tag belts and then kind of finished off her feud with Becky Lynch. I kind of had written Asuka off as kind of another person they brought up from NXT and, and didn't uh, accomplish a lot with, but I think that Asuka has really kind of gotten some of her steam back, and I could totally see her with that briefcase. And she doesn't even have to, to say anything. You're carrying that briefcase around. You know why that person is in the arena that night. You know what uh, they've got their eye on. And I think that could really benefit somebody like Asuka. My number one, though, the person who I think that they keep giving opportunities to, and it's just not working the same thing with she's she's the the female baron corbin and that's Shayna baszler and it's because they want to keep ronda happy for when ronda comes back and pops a rating or comes back in glad hands and talks good about the company because ronda's got a lot of stroke i think Shayna baszler is the one who you know they had her you know her debut was go all the way to the finals of the may young classic she uh had the two long reigns as NXT Women's Champion. Uh, she comes in, and she didn't win the Royal Rumble, but she damn near won the, the Royal Rumble. Uh, she uh, wins, she dominates at Elimination Chamber to get a, a title match. She bit Becky Lynch's neck, and then they put her in Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, and she got exposed. She got exposed for being just an okay worker, and Becky Lynch is is very good in the ring, but she's not Charlotte. She's not somebody who could carry uh, anybody to a good match. Becky Lynch needs to have a, a good dance partner, and Shayna Baszler is not it. However, having said that, it's the same thing with Baron Corbin. We're going to keep trying things until this freaking works. And I think they're going to have Shayna Baszler win that money in the bank, and I think it's going to go over like a fart in church. I got a. What do you guys? If you guys had to add somebody to this match, who would you add? Because I, I'm kind of curious to why Sonya's not in this. Mandy. See, I think Sonya the same way. They're giving Sonya quite a huge push on her own the last couple weeks, and I don't know why they're like why Carmella. You know, I think you brought that up off air. You know, like, why? Like, what's the point? See, and Carmella, I guess, uh, got in when she beat Mandy Rose. And I thought yeah. I thought having Mandy in there, especially since these matches are taking place at the same time, I thought that set up some, you know, comedy spots with her and Otis. You know, no maybe. good wrestling spots? No. Like, no problem. No, no, no good wrestling spots. But I thought that set up some, because that's, that's, that's all this whole relationship is, is just comedy. It's just a comedy bit, which is fine. But just call it what it is, you know. Let's not let's not pretend that Otis is Shawn Michaels, you know. Let's not pretend that that this is they not supposed cute. to. They know he's sexy. They know he likes ham. He eats it all, dripping down his chin. 
Ham and slam. Ham and slam. <laughs> I thought that set up some some stuff there uh, that was potential, and I also thought that having Mandy in the match set up Sonya interfering and costing her. I thought you know Mandy could have could have got all the way up that ladder, could have got so close, and then Sonya comes in and uh, dumps the ladder. And then that sets up them further for their feud going forward. And it also keeps, you know, Mandy looking strong in the in the meantime. But I don't understand. that. that would, Mandy would be the one I would add. Will, you got anybody you would add? No, <laughs> not really. Uh, I mean, there's already this Mojo lineup. Mojo Raleigh? Pretty, yeah. Mojo Raleigh! Ooh, why can't we have The Rock? Why can't we have Stone Cold? You got King Corbin and Otis. What more do you want? I mean, I wouldn't add anybody to the men's Money in the Bank. Um, the women's what about one. Jinder Mahal. Uh, God, no. No. That's the second time you've brought up gender, and you've been totally serious about it this show, and I don't like it, sir. I don't like any it's of it. It's coming. Like, like I said, 2020's already been bad enough. We don't need another Jinder Mahal title run. Um, the women's one, I really wouldn't add anyone to either. It, it I mean, I, I, there, I don't think, I mean, unless you put S- Sasha in there, uh-huh. like you could put Sasha Banks in there and have her win the money in the bank contract and then cash it in on Bailey. Like that makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. And we could, you know, there could be a, we could see something like that. Maybe Carmella just got put in the match so she could get taken out before the match even takes place. And, you know, Sasha comes in and takes her spot. I mean, that could be something. And then maybe, you know, maybe we have a moment later on in the night where, you know, Sasha teases cashing in on Bailey, and she's like, I'd never do that to you. And then, <laughs> and then we've got Bailey with the title and Sasha with the briefcase, you know, still being frenemies leading up to, to SummerSlam. That could be interesting. But it yeah, but it's too sounds cool, cool so it won't happen. Exactly. Yeah, WWE won't do it. Exactly. So, uh, guys, give me your, before we wrap up here, I'm more excited about just getting together and watching wrestling with you guys. We haven't done that in a long time. But give me your level of anticipation for the the pay-per-view. Are you guys, you know, cautiously optimistic? Are you mildly interested? Are you super pumped? Where do you guys fall on the the scale? Um, I'm going to go in with no expectations or low expectations. Um and then just be pleasantly surprised, just like I was for WrestleMania. So I think that's if you've got low expectations, that means there's at least something on the card that is intriguing to you. Uh, the not... Money in the Bank match is is honestly the only thing that's intriguing in this entire card to me. Mm-hmm. Jason, what about you? So I'm in the exact same boat. If it's the Money in the Bank match, is it is the only thing that I think has potential to be good. So if you take the Money in the Bank match away, I literally give zero fucks about this entire card. I'm, and I know that sucks. So is there a pre-show for this? Are they going to announce like good wrestling matches at a time? No. <laughs> no. Uh, there's a couple things that are like are, are on the possible card. It's the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders and then no. Sami Zayn versus Drew Gulak. Boo! Oh. Hey, Sami Zayn... Of course, Drew Gulak would be good if they gave him more than eight minutes. Yeah, but they'd put it on the freaking pre-show. Which, one, you, else which one of you guys, by the way, is running a vacuum cleaner right now? Not me. 
That would be the neighbors getting their grass cut. <laughs> I'm just, sorry. Chase is just like, I, yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just vacuuming a little bit. You know, still gotta do some chores, two guys. Bir- two birds with one stone. Um, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I'm looking forward to, especially the style. Of, of the presentation of the Money in the Bank matches, I think that it, it is the potential to be pretty cool. But that's real, all, all I'm really looking forward to. I think the Fatal 4-Way uh, tag match could have some crazy stuff in it, especially with some of the people that we have involved. I mean, we got some, you know, we got John Morrison and Kofi Kingston and the Lucha House Party and a freaking, you know, uh, match basically with no rules. We could see some crazy stuff there. But, you know, other than that, man, I'm just really not feeling any of it. I think some of it has the potential to be bad. I think some of it has the potential to be great. So that kind of, you, you know, that's an average grade of, a, of about a C, you know, 72%. <laughs> so it's a pass. I think it's a, it'll be a passing grade at best. That's how I got through high school. Yeah, me too. C's get degrees, baby. It's true. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for the Rhino Wrestling Review this week. We want to thank everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We want to thank Daniel Cormier for joining the show. Uh, you can uh, follow him on Twitter at uh, DC underscore MMA. You can follow Jason Calcibetta at BigJ2197. I think him and Daniel Cormier have about the same amount of Twitter followers. Pretty close on there. It's pretty close. They kind of they kind of go back and forth. Like if Daniel's got a fight coming up, he kind of goes ahead, and then Jason goes ahead, and it's you know <laughs> it, it's kind of a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, you can follow Will on Twitter at Willestein. Uh, Jason just had a birthday. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thanks. Thanks, uh, man. Uh, Will's got a birthday coming up in a, a couple weeks. He is accepting gifts. You can send All those to uh, the Rhino household, and I'll make sure he gets them. Yes, got to be disinfected first, though. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Spray, spray them down with Virex. So uh, thanks everybody for downloading, listening, subscribing. Leave us a five star review. Send us your emails, Rhino Wrestling Review at gmail dot com. Follow the show at Rhino underscore Wrestling and don't, don't kick out, out of each other's finishers. finishers. See ya. Hey, it's the R to the Y. Into the O on a block like a tortoise with a slow on a block like a baker, cause I'm picking up my dough. And when I'm in the booth, like I'm cooking up a O.